0: Welcome to Off the Newsroom Podcast. Don't have time to read? Don't worry. We'll fill you in. I'm your host, Alex. And I'm your host, Kristen. And on today's show, we'll
1: be discussing the separation of immigrant families, a Florida man throwing a samurai sword to a cop, XXX, Tentacion's Unexpected Murder, and the surprising box office result for the incredible suit.
0: After recording the segment you're about to hear, news broke that President Trump has reversed his order on the separation of families. The families will be detained at the border, but as of right now, they will not be separating the children from their parents. However, the families that have already been separated are still up in the air about the reunion they hope to have. According to CNN, the reversal order didn't change anything in terms of putting families that have already been separated back together, a government official confirmed Wednesday. But the agency later took a step back from the statement and said any further plans to reunite families were still in development. We will update you more on what's to come in the future.
1: So our first story today is about President Trump and his administration enforcing the separation of children from their families. Um, children that are labeled as unaccompanied minors are sent to government custody custody or foster care um, and the parents are labeled as criminals and they're sent to jail.
0: yeah it's really heartbreaking to read about to see the pictures of these little kids crying their eyes out for their parents it's it breaks your heart so the
1: the reason this is going on is because there is something called the zero tolerance policy which prohibits both attempted illegal entry and illegal entry into the united states by an alien right so before the trump administration came in um Obama was also se- sort of separating children from their families, but oh. they were mostly aiming. They had like an aim, so like they aimed for like dangerous criminals. You know, they they went through a process through civil court, and with the Trump administration, they're they're doing this more more repeatedly. I I would say, um, and they're putting these parents, like I said before, through through com- criminal courts and treating them like criminals and you know, getting them through the
0: deportation process. And it's just. It's hard. It's really hard. And yes, whatever you might think, they might be coming in illegally. Just don't separate the kids. Just don't. It's going to be really traumatizing for them, possibly. You don't know. You don't know. They're crying out for their kids. If they're crying out for their parents, they don't know where they are. Like their parents just might have said, like, come on, let's go. And they went. Like, who wouldn't go with their parents? Right. I'm. If I'm a little kid and my mom's like, "You gotta come with me," and I'm like, "Okay." And then to be separated. Yeah. And the thing that I don't understand is how
1: these the these officials are saying that they're that the laws or court these court rulings are forcing their hand to separate these children from their families. Um, I have a quote here from. Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Kirstjen Nielsen, um, and she she says that operationally what that means this is her saying this mm-hmm. um, she says that separation is basically inevitable it's just an ine- inevitable consequence so she says operationally what that means is what what is we will have to separate your families she said and she told NPR so. She continues to say, that's no different than what we do every day in every part of the United States when an adult of a family commits a crime. If you as a parent break into a house, you will be incarcerated by police and thereby separated from
0: your family. We're doing the same thing at the border. Uh, Yeah, but this is different. Like, I get that quote. Yes, if you, if your mom, your dad broke into a house, of course they will be incarcerated. But this is a little kid and it's just
1: hard so there's also these foster care these children that are in foster care aren't just at the border they're also there's also foster care facilities here Mm -hmm. in Florida Um, there's one in homestead that houses that is capable of housing a thousand kids there's been pictures of these boys who are playing soccer in a fenced area you know and that's kind of a sight to see and the media isn't allowed in they're not allowed to take pictures so you can only like see them like through the the chaining fences
0: wow well, just just to hear everything and read everything about it it's it's a tough it's a tough pill to swallow so there's no easy way of course to move on from this story but we do have a very lighthearted and really, really cute story next. It is Michael Jackson's elephant escaped captivity at the Florida Zoo. (laughs) Yeah, that happened. So, Michael Jackson, who we all know, and all miss, rest in peace, his zoo that lived with him at the Neverland Ranch was um, in a zoo here in Jacksonville. Her name is Allie the Bull Elephant, and Right? Um. I know. And she left the zoo. Uh, she kind of just wandered out the gate and that was left open by accident. Oh. Whoever was a worker been like, oh, looking around, be like, hope nobody <laughs> thinks it's me. <laughs> and she was loose for 20 minutes. The guests weren't in danger. Safety protocols were put in place immediately. But I just think this is such a cute little story like a little, like an elephant just roaming around. If I saw that, I'm like, ah! I'll be so happy, I'm like, oh. and to find out that it's Michael Jackson's elephant that lives in Neverland Ranch, I'm like, mind wow. blown. I'm like, ah. what is what is it doing in Florida? <laughs> That's a good question. Like, why why are you here, not in California? But it Who knows? But you know it Who knows? Matter. It doesn't matter. She's here in our state, wanting to roam around, but. She Mary, she got put free. back a little too free. <laughs> a little I, too free. I bet some of the guests were be if they saw it, they were like, um, uh, what? That, there's an elephant in the room. There, there's, <laughs> there's no there's no chain um block. Okay, okay. But I just thought that story was just adorable.
1: Yeah, it's so cute, Allie the elephant. Hopefully she's safe and back in her, you know, back in in custody. Um, so the next story is a little weirder. Um, Let's do it. So a Florida man is in jail after the law authority said that he threw a samurai sword at deputies. <laughs> um, the, the Brevard County Sheriff's deputies, they were responding to a 911 call um, from a woman who was saying that her son was threatening her with a pair of swords. Yikes. Yeah. So the officers arrived and found Jeffrey C- Crane, He's 24, um, and he refused to drop the swords. And then he threw the sword at the police, and the officer fired a taser gun to subdue him. Um, so, like, that's really... that. That's just <laughs> amazing. You know, it's like...
0: Just, it's just something fresh out of, like, an anime meme or something like oh it definitely is like of course this would happen in florida like of course a guy with a samurai sword would throw it at the cop and be and like
1: also he kind of looks like an anime character too his hair is green no you know yeah you have to look at his his picture oh my god so after he was subdued they Gave him an, a blood alcohol test, and it showed for 0. .36, which is like four times the legal, like oh. limit for driving in, in Florida. So, and he was also prohibited from drinking because he was on probation for driving under the influence. Wow. So like, Crane was charged with aggravated assault, domestic violence. Yeah. So he is a really controversial figure. Um, just a bit a lot of especially on social media there's been a lot of um, like mixed feelings i know that a lot of like famous famous people from the hip-hop community have given their condolences their comments on how like kanye said he was an inspiration right yeah like they um diplo bill duvall they, they all gave very positive comments and um, condolences about him. But, you know, not everyone feels that way. Well. No,
0: just for the fact that, like you mentioned, he is very controversial. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, on my Twitter, I'm seeing the mixed reactions on this. Some people are like, I'm so sad. You know, this is such a great loss. Everything that what you mentioned, like Kanye saying, Diplo... Um, even Big Sean and then on the other, it's like a completely different reaction to it because yeah. if nobody knows, um, he was charged with domestic abuse towards his pregnant girlfriend. She accused him of slapping her, shoving a barbecue fork into her genitals, and I believe also putting her like her face into the pool. His ex-girlfriend she
1: um, she put out a GoFundMe. Um, for $25,000 for orbital surgery Um, right now it's at 33,000 so that's good for her um, because of what happened to her um, when he was physically abusive to her so like she has fractures that are going into her eye socket like I like I saw the pictures and they're 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 quite gruesome like her eyes bleeding and it's it's
0: it's it's a it's a really tough thing to talk about to just to think about just for the fact that, one, yes, a life is lost. But we his track record, track record shows he wasn't the nicest person, you know. No, that's his But I think. But, um, <laughs> and recently, you know, he has been trying to make amends, do good within the community. I know he put on a performance for Marjorie Stoneman Douglas after the shooting that happened there. He was also going to do a, a benefit concert
1: for for um, suicide prevention before he was, like, he was preparing for that, too.
0: Yeah, so I can see, like, yes, he is trying to do good, but that pass that he has, that that's a lot. It's not like he went to jail for, like, shoplifting or something like that. If he did, like, nobody would care. Nobody would. This is domestic abuse, and it's... It's tricky. It is very tricky, but no matter what, a life was lost. And it's unfortunate um, just because a lot of, like, rappers have been saying, you know, he was at the peak of his career. To know more about this story, if you want another inside look to it, we do have our first ever editorial here on SFNS.online, from former SFNS reporter and music columnist for Mew Magazine, Jalen Hawkins, and she writes about the rapper and how social media has reacted to his death. Moving on, a Florida woman is ready to paddle her way from Cuba to Key West to break the world record. So, Victoria Burgess, she is the brave Fort Lauderdale woman who will be taking on this record of doing a stand-up paddleboard from Cuba to Key West within, hopefully within 25 hours. The record was set back in 2013 by Ben Freiberg, who finished in 28 hours. Um, she's naming she's naming this future journey Chica Libra Crossing. Oh, that's so cute. I know, which means freedom girl, in hopes of inspiring others to accomplish incredible feats um, and promoting women to get out there. Who doesn't want that?
1: Right. Like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. She wants to be an inspiration to other women.
0: Yeah, like she said, quote, everyone has different limits. I want to inspire people to push themselves. If this is not pushing <laughs> themselves, like I don't know what is then, you right. know? boarding the whole day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when she's not training, she is a fire inspector for the fire department at Pompano Beach. She surfs, rock climbs, does yoga in her spare time. She's a very active woman, it seems. Um, if you want more information about her and her journey, you can go to her website, victoriaburgess.com and check out more and support her.
1: We are here with SFNS reporter Erwin Guevara to talk about his uh, sports story, about this axe-throwing sports bar.
2: That's coming to South yeah, California. so it's uh, it's called the Axe-Throwing Society. It's uh, started by Jeff Morford. He's an assistant principal at Marjorie Storm and Douglas. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he his motivation for starting this was to fast track it was because uh after the tragedy that happened at Stoneman, right. He talked to seniors and they all told him that there's not really much going on and he just felt that they were like stressed out and they wanted like to release some tension. And so he started you know fast tracking this the opening of this uh axe throwing board.
1: Yeah. So were you able to like go to the like facility or see or
2: no, so it's yeah. not open yet. It opens in uh, August. Right. Yeah. Okay, so where where is this
1: going to be? Pompano Beach. Pompano Beach. Yeah. What, what is axe throwing?
2: So it's a new sport. It's been growing since last year with the World Axe Throwing League. It's an official league that you know, officiates this, uh, this sport. Um, axe throwing is, is much in the same way as darts. You know, you have a bullseye or range,
1: it's a pretty big dart. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> um, you throw it at a bullseye. You know, bullseye is uh, five points and four points, three points, and so on. Okay,
1: yeah. Well, considering the fact that it's a big blade, is it is it safe? Are there like safety precautions? Like, what are they doing
2: about that? Yeah, so uh, Jeff Morford told me that when you come in, when you come in, you uh, register. You have a coach that's with you at all times. He teaches you. He teaches you how to throw the axe, the safe way to throw it. Um, there's no drinking allowed in the in the range. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it does sound because it does sound like dangerous having like people who've been drinking and then they go
2: in and they. Yeah. the The, the coaches are. Uh, it's in their discretion if they if they see that somebody is like a little too intoxicated, then you're not throwing.
1: Well, thank you for coming on to the podcast and talking about your story.
2: Thank you for having you, me.
1: You can check out his stuff on the SFNS website.
0: Okay. An incredible box office happened this weekend. You like what I did there? You like what I did there? An incredible box office came in with the number one spot being Incredibles 2. It took $800 million. It is the number one animated film right now. Um, this is from Pixar, and it is not uncommon for them to have such a high box office, you know, and have a great response from critics and general audience. The last film to have done this was Finding Dory, which made about $130 million. So this beat it by $50 million.
1: Yeah, they made a lot of money in just a couple of days.
0: couple of days, and this movie... It, the movie within itself takes place, like, right after the ending of the first movie. But that movie came out over a decade ago.
1: Yeah, like, 14 years ago.
0: Yeah, like, when I watched it, I was a little kid. And now, yeah. oh, my God. And it's so funny to see, like, Twitter reaction when this movie was coming out. Everybody's yeah. like, all the younger kids right now, you can't come right now. You can't come. It's our turn to watch this because we've been waiting for 14 years. <laughs> like, what? What?
1: Yeah, like, I I love the reaction that's, like, on Twitter and on Instagram. Everyone's like, no, 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 this isn't for y'all.
0: I know. Just a little disclaimer, we both have not seen it yet. And for my defense, it's been sold out. Like, there's no seating. can't buy it anywhere. It's that good. It's, It's reportedly that amazing. And to think what Pixar has done, like, personally for me, my favorite movie from Pixar right now, before I watch this, is Coco.
1: Yeah, Coco, oh my gosh. I saw it, Now I didn't see it in the theaters, but I did see it on Netflix when it came out on Netflix. And oh my God, I was bawling. Dude. Bawling like a baby. It's so good. It's it's really, it's what Pixar does. Like, Pixar is known for, like, their really great narratives, their emotional narratives. And, you know, Coco did that for me. <laughs> it
0: tugs at the heartstring. It knows exactly which chord to pull on, which chord to strum, but, um, to sing. Ooh.
1: Right chord because it's a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone has seen
0: Coco, you definitely know what I was getting at. So, if you
1: guys want to, you guys should watch The Incredibles too. It's, you know, unless it's like sold out, like it is here.
0: Watch it. Find a way. I don't know how. I'm definitely going to try to find a way this weekend Same. to watch it. We'll get back to you on what we thought. That would be next week. We can just briefly say what we're going to do. Yeah. If you watch it. All right.
1: If you can't watch The Incredibles 2 this weekend, there, on Sunday, there will be a poetry writing workshop with poet laureate Richard Blanco. It'll start at 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. in Miami. Or if you're into more artsy stuff, you can check out The Art of Instagram, Social Media Strategies for Creative Professionals. It's going to be a workshop um, for people who want to learn about marketing on Instagram as a creative. It starts Saturday, June 23rd, from one thirty p.m. to 3 p.m.
0: It's in Miami Beach, and it's free. That is all we have for today's show. I'm Alex. And I'm Kristen. And this is Off the Newsroom from SFNS, signing off.